Uh, hi, uh, I'm uh, Dylan. I'm a marijuana addict. Uh, grateful to be here. Uh, uh, I'm the speaker. I guess uh, I was asked to, to share tonight. So, um, yeah, and I've never uh, done this before. Or I've never been on a, a phone meeting, I, I guess I should say, um, or speak to one. So, um, yeah, I'm a little nervous. I guess I'll just, um, I guess I'll just, uh, you know, give my pitch. Um, I guess, uh, you know, overall general disclaimer. Um, you know, I hope uh, I hope anyone uh, within the sound of my voice <laughs> gets something out of my my share. Um, and if you don't, obviously, you know, there's other meetings to go to. Um, so so yeah, I guess uh, let me just start with a little bit about myself at the uh, uh, at the end, and then I'll sort of jump back to the beginning, do the sort of basic um, what happened uh, uh, or what what it was like, what happened, and, and what it's like now. Um, so yeah, like I said, I'm Dylan. I'm a marijuana addict. Um, I've been sober for uh, a little over two years. I got I had my two-year uh, sober birthday a few weeks ago in March. Um, so right now, my program pretty much uh, looks like I try to attend a fair number of meetings. I, I almost exclusively do meetings on Zoom. Um, I usually hit about four to five a week. Um, I kind of have found. Uh, a couple, you know, several meetings that that really work for me, um, and so I keep going back. Certainly, I've I, I go to the occasional um, in person when possible. Uh, it's been a while since I've been to an in person MA meeting. Um, I've attended a, you know, here and there some in person AA meetings, but um, I really feel like my home uh, my home meeting, um, you know, practice is uh, is on Zoom and. So, um, yeah, I'm really grateful that that's available. I uh, try to be of service. I, um, uh, you know, at those meetings, which means, you know, occasionally secretary meeting or, you know, uh, um, I was doing that for a while and I've kind of handed it off, leading meetings, um, uh, doing tech hosting, like we call it, just sort of running the Zoom meeting. Um, I, I participate in the, um, you know, at the district level, try to be of service there. And uh, I also try to be a service just, you know, going to meetings and showing up and um, being uh, present and trying to stay engaged and trying to be a person that, um, you know, other people can see uh, that the program is working for me in, in some sense. Um, you know, I, I don't claim to have a perfect program. Uh, far from it. I don't think, um, you know, my life is not perfect right now. It's not... Um, you know, not everything is sunshine and roses. Um, I, you know, I continue to experience fear and and shame and anxiety, and I get sad and bad things happen, and all you know, all that stuff. Um, and yet, if I you know compare where I'm at now to where I was when I entered recovery, um, it really it really feels you know like I'm just in a different place. Um, I, I don't have everything under control. Uh, I know I don't have much of anything under control. Um, I don't, uh, you know, I'm not doing as much prayer and meditation as I'd like to, um, you know, all those things. Uh, and yet I just have some small day-to-day uh, -day sense of levelness um, that I never was able to have before the program. Um, I'm able to kind of tap into some small amount of acceptance um, 
for the world that I just that took me so long and so many years of you know wanting to achieve and um, you know, now I'm now I'm in a place where I, I know that there are tools to reach that so um, that's where I am now um, I guess I'll kind of tell a little bit about my story um, I um, was sort of a latecomer to um, the marijuana specifically. Uh, I didn't start smoking until my early 20s. Um, as a child, I really always struggled uh, with anxiety a lot. And, um, you know, so in some sense, looking back, it, it feels almost inevitable that I was, um, you know, <laughs> going to uh, get into smoking weed all day, every day, like I did. I, I said before my, um, or, you know, like my, my first drug of choice when I was a child was like approval. Or, you know, I was a real rule follower. Um, I was, you know, goody two shoes, uh, overachiever in school. Um, and, you know, I don't know, I don't know, uh, I don't know why I was that way. I don't know where it came from, but, um, you know, I, I've heard people talk about in the rooms just like, feeling like something's missing, and that was absolutely how, how I felt. I think it's in, like, maybe maybe it's in the first story in Life with Hope where the person's talking about, like, it seems like everyone else had, um, you know, an instruction manual for, for life, and I didn't. And that's really always uh, how I felt, and I was grasping at, you know, whatever I could to, to try and, I don't know, to try and feel normal or to try and feel um, included or... Um, and yeah, so early on, that just meant I was just afraid of everything. And um, I really was, uh, it's interesting because I, I kind of also think that my obsession with marijuana started way before I ever smoked because, um, you know, it, it occupied such a large space in my mind. I think on some level uh, I knew, you know, <laughs> that maybe I was almost destined to like, <laughs> I guess, become a marijuana addict. But it's just like I, it's the concept scared me so much, and I thought about it all the time. I was like, okay, I can't ever do this, you know. Um, and the thing is, on some level, I was right. So, you know, fast forward when I finally, um, you know, uh, started smoking for the first time, like it, it, I, all my fears were kind of true in that it worked uh, for me so well. Um, and of course, it didn't work for me so well for for that long, but but. It, it, it had a real, you know, strong power over me. Um, and on, on some level, you know, looking back, I try not to be uh, too down on it as like, just as a concept. I think, you know, I think in the beginning it really did help me. Um, I, uh, you know, I really um, relate a lot to the idea of people talk about it being, um, what do they say, it was, it was magic and then it was medicine and then it was misery. And like it really was magic for a while, and it really was medicine for a while. Like I, I, I needed, I think, I don't know, some some kind of break from um, just like I don't know my my daily anxious thoughts all the time. Uh, maybe just to see like what else life could be like, and I think it 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 did that for me early on. Um, uh, the problem is, I guess you know, good things <laughs> don't always last forever. So it it, it didn't last forever. Um, and I don't know, you know, I don't know where the switch happened, but at some point, you know, it, it uh, uh, like I've heard a lot of people say, it just sort of turned on me. It went from being it was um, something I enjoyed and I, I looked forward to it, so I could be social, so it could kind of um, allow me to be more comfortable talking to other people. And then at some point, and I don't know when it happened, suddenly 
it was the only thing I could look forward to and nothing else um, paled in comparison and I didn't want to do anything else. And I didn't want to talk to people um, anymore. I just wanted to be alone, uh, you know, smoking weed. Um, I, I didn't, uh, you know, I just wanted to be kind of with my own thoughts in my own head. And, um, you know, it was more important than anybody else. And, um, you know, uh, uh, any time that I had to spend not smoking was time I had to spend, you know, away in, in a place that I didn't want to be. And uh, that's kind of, for me, well, again, especially looking back, how, how it, it got me so stuck because it's like, I don't know, the allure was so strong and... Um, you know, the, the 12 questions were something that I heard early on right before I, I came into recovery, and the one that always stood out to me that really resonated with me was the um, one about living in a privately defined world. Um, when I heard that question, I was actually um, it was recommended uh, by a therapist of mine that maybe I try MA, and she was like, uh, well, why don't, hey, look, they have 12 questions. Why don't we, like, read through these and see what you think? And um, so we did. And we got to that question, the question, um, let's see, let me, let me read it word for word. Um, um, does your marijuana use let you live in a priorly defined world? And for me, uh, that one was, you know, such, a, so, such an obvious strong yes um, in a way that was like, well, yeah, of course, like that's what I need because like the rest of the world is painful and scary and bad things happen and, so yeah, I, I need I need this to live in my own own world because like when I live in my own privately defined world, then like I don't have to deal with all that. Um, and so, well, and at the time it was kind of a wake up call because uh, the person I was talking to was like didn't you know, I guess seemingly is not a marijuana addict and like didn't get <laughs> how that'd be a thing. But for me, it was it was it was such that's what I used it for. That's what I needed it for. I thought that like isolation was. Um, was like the life raft that that I could try and hold on to like survive the world. Um, now I realize that isolation was, you know, keeping me down. Um, it wasn't saving me from anything. Uh, you know, not to stretch the metaphor too much, but it was it was keeping me separated on a life raft in the middle of nowhere. You know, I, I um, it wasn't actually good. So. Um, I don't really know uh, how I, 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 de- I developed that um, kind of moment of clarity, but somehow at some point I realized, like, wow, I guess it, maybe I can try something else. Maybe I can try a different, different kind of life. Um, and, you know, it didn't, it didn't necessarily come all at once, but I just I realized, like, I wasn't enjoying my life. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, like it says in step one, it had become unmanageable. And for me that meant, you know, I woke up every day, uh, just wanting to die, you know, I, um, I was just so angry every morning that, like, I had to live another day. I, I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to talk to anyone. Um, but I, I somehow realized, like, oh, maybe it doesn't have to be like this. And, and, you know, I knew it wouldn't be an easy hurdle, and it wasn't. And it's still not. But I could try something different, and that's, that's sort of when I started coming um, to MA. So I started coming to some meetings. Um, I could, you know, um, on Zoom, this was in, uh, this was in early 20, 
2021. Um, I, uh, you know, at first, like, I kind of, it, it was a weird thing. It's like I didn't like the meeting, but I kind of knew that on some level I needed to be there. Or, or I, I, well, not that I didn't like them, but there was a part of me that was still kind of fighting against it. I think an early turn for me came when I realized, like, uh, all the people that I saw in the Zoom rooms, like, instead of my initial or my immediate um, uh, impulse to just, like, dislike them all and to, you know, judge them in some way, find whatever I can, whatever reason I can that I'm better than them and that um, when I when I sort of put that aside and just said, you know what, I like these people because they're here and because I'm here and because we're all just people. Um, that was an early thing that opened my eyes to just, just, I don't know, the power of the program to allow me to connect with others, which was, which was just something that I was, that, that I was missing. So um, after a couple of weeks, um, I was able to um, put, it, put down the weed, <laughs> Coming to meetings a bunch, um, you know, I was I was quite nervous uh, um, early on uh, to share or anything like that. So I stayed quiet for a while, but I did um, start doing the things that um, were suggested of me, and um, I I you know I I, um, I got some numbers. I spoke to some people on the phone. I got a sponsor early-ish on a few weeks in. Um, I started working the steps, and um, for me, that was also something huge to overcome because, like, I've always been the type, I never wanted to listen to suggestion. Like, if someone told me what to do, my, I would just say, okay, I hear that, but I have a better way, and I'll try this instead. Um, but, I, but I listen to suggestion anyways, and that, I mean, that's a huge thing I think I've just learned in the program overall, that sometimes... I don't have to fight every little thing. Um, I can just I can just do what's suggested of me, and I can do it even while thinking I know better. And um, and then I'll probably be proved wrong when I when I do it and it works anyway. Um, so you know, I, uh, so I started working steps, and that's been a slow um, kind of a slow process for me. If I'm if I'm being honest, I'm um, I'm not through the steps. Um, I, I take it pretty slow. Um, I kind of have mixed feelings about that. I can be down on myself sometimes, but you know that's why they say it's progress, not perfection. And um, I'm working my way through it. Um, you know, I speak to my sponsor about uh, I don't know, maybe once a week or so, um, theme at meetings occasionally. Oh. Um, I've made it uh, currently through. Let's see, step six or I'm on step six, I guess. We've been doing a lot of reading of Drop the Rock lately, which has been um, a great experience. Um, and so, you know, I'm not about to say that I, uh, uh, you know, everything there is to know about the program. I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to say I've had uh, uh, some kind of major spiritual awakening, which is supposed to happen at the end of steps I hear. <laughs> so it seems like her. But I really um, try to see uh, my participation in the program as like a, and it was a very practical matter. I guess like I was saying earlier, like the way I, the way I see it that it's benefited me is it's like it's allowed some amount of levelness. Um, I've always been uh, uh, such an extreme all-or-nothing person. And that's 
kind of like exactly the opposite of what the steps kind of forced me to practice, in my mind at least, where, um, you know, it's like I want everything to be done right now. Well, I kind of have to do things one, one step at a time. Or um, I want to do nothing at all. Well, it's like, okay, well, if I just do a little bit, that's better than nothing. Um, I, uh, I think maybe it would be worth kind of looking through, through the questions a little bit. Um, Taking my time, it looks like I've spoken for about 15 minutes or so. Um, I'm going to do that. You got plenty of time. Okay, great. Um, Step one, we admitted we were powerless over marijuana. Their lives would become unmanageable. You know, I guess I mentioned this a little bit before where uh, my life really was unmanageable. And yet, I think there's a weird uh, contradiction where if you ask me uh, kind of, at, I guess, at my lowest, right before I entered recovery, um, if my life was unmanageable, I probably would have been offended and angry and said, no, of course not. Everything's going great. Um, you know, I, 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 am luck- I am grateful and lucky that uh, um, personally, you know, I didn't, uh, I had a job. I didn't lose a job over smoking and, and um, I didn't lose a relationship over smoking. Um, I definitely... Uh, created challenges and tested one uh, a lot, but but you know, so I thought, okay, everything's together, and most of my bills are generally paid on time for me. Um, what's unmanageable? Why? How could you say that? And then at the then I bet five minutes later, I would have said like, I can't handle anything. I don't want to get out of bed. I haven't brushed my teeth in how many days? I haven't taken a shower in how many days? I haven't like checked the mail in how many days? I have unpaid bills. Like, it's just a weird thing that. Um, my life is actual, so unmanageable, um, and I was experiencing that unmanageability, and I, and I didn't want to face it. So I think step one, I don't know, was, was, was important to me to, to, to just realize that and be able to come to terms with reality a bit. Um, step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Early on, um, I heard... Somebody. I was at a meeting, and uh, you know, a, a friend and fellow sort of had the epiphany, I guess, at the time. <laughs> um, something that's always stuck with me, where like step two says, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. You know, it doesn't say came to believe in a power. It's just like the idea that well, maybe there is a way out of this. And um, I guess, kind of like I said earlier, that was sort of part of my mo- moment of clarity where. Yeah, maybe maybe I don't have to live like this. Maybe there is a path out of this, and I don't know. I don't know what it is yet, um, and I don't know if I could actually get it yet, um, or um, how to get it. But like maybe maybe I, maybe there is something different that I could do. Maybe this is not just all you know. All my life is doomed to be. Um, and you know, so that's what step two really means to me. Um, Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. This was a big one for me. I don't like making decisions. Um, I have always tried my hardest to avoid any decisions. Uh, decisions seem so final. They seem like they're closing, they're closing something off, and that, that scares me. Uh, so I really like the concept of step three being, you know, it's a, something you do every day. You constantly make that decision. That's how it is for me. Um, 
And the you know the God and the higher power thing certainly has always been um, one of the more challenging aspects to the program for me. I never um, had well, I never had much of a religious life, and so I, I or, you know I didn't have an upbringing in that. So then there was a lot of my life where the word God was kind of a dirty word. Um, I I uh, myself like to think of my higher power. Um, well, really, like I, like it says, I mean, like it says in Life with Hope, and and, and it's talked about in places where, like, uh, the program is really my higher power. The, the the fellowship is my higher power. The to me, I just think that I, I, I a higher power does not need to be one single concrete thing. I just need to know and I do know, and I believe that there are greater powers than myself outside of myself, that there is power out there that I can tap into, that, you know, the program has, you know, these steps and traditions made of all these people, has all this culture, all this literature, um, that's really kind of greater than the sum of its parts, um, and that we're all contributing to this big thing of, of, you know, addicts helping addicts, helping each other. And the program kind of has my best interest in mind um, in a way that in a way that's good for me and, and in a way that I can tap into that strength uh, when I need it, which of course is really all the time, but um, it just means like I'm not alone. There's, there's, there's things out there that, that want me to do well, whatever that means in my life. It wants me to succeed, you know, whatever that, whatever that means, and wants me to help others, um, which is what I want to do. And, you know, I, I don't want to be isolated anymore. I want to be able to be connected to other people. Like, that's what, uh, that's what I want for my life. <laughs> I, I, I tried being isolated because I thought that that would allow me to survive. Um, but I just, I think I will have a more fulfilling life if I can be connected to other people, help them, and, and allow them to help me. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Um, well, and step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. You know, I, I did go through step four and step five. They were very scary to me. I did them anyways. Um, you know, I did, I did step five with my sponsor, and... That was a powerful experience. Um, I guess as I'm talking now, I'm realizing I think a lot of like the theme of my my share here is on is on isolation, and and so I'm now really grateful that through the program I have been able to connect with um, I mean, certainly lots of other people, but one person in particular as my sponsor in a way that I just never expected. And the way that I always think about it is like, you know, my sponsor is just like some guy. Um, and, I, and he's a great guy, and he's someone I care about, and is important to me. But like, if he, you know, he, he he he's just somebody who who has gone through this program before. He's someone who um, has relate, you know, can relate to some of the experiences that I have, um, and not all of them, but just that you know, he's a person. I'm a person. We both have this uh, um, this you know disease of addiction, as it were, um, and. I was able to kind of take that leap of faith to trust in the program and to trust just in this other person with some of my you know, deepest, darkest secrets, things that I 
didn't want to admit to anyone or admit to myself that I'd never written down before that I tried not to think about. Um, and I made my way through it. And, um, and here I am. And uh, we still talk, you know. Um, it's, it was just, uh, it's just it, to me, steps four and five for me were such a powerful exercise in just like trusting another person and understanding that like I've done bad things, I've done good things. Um, I'm not the greatest in the world. I'm not the worst in the world. Um, there are, you know, ways I can help people and there are ways that I can connect to other people and I'm just a person. And um, I love people. And that really brings me to where I currently am with my, um, my step work. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Um, it's interesting to me that, that that's been such a, a challenging step for me, although I, you know, I tend to hear that a lot. People talk about that, that that's a big one, because that's like actually deciding to embrace some real change. And um, change is, uh, you know, scary. But the more I actually engage in the program, the more I, you know, speak with fellows, do readings, prayer meditation, all that kind of stuff, go to meetings, um, share at meetings, do, do, you know, do a, a lead share like this. Um, I don't know, I kind of, I, I, I get closer to realizing that, yeah, I, I, I do want, uh, you know, the gifts of the program, I guess, so to speak. Um, and I think I can, I can get, I, I think I can get there. <laughs> now, I will, yeah, so I guess that kind of brings me to where I am um, now um, and where I started with in this share. Uh, looks like I'm just checking my time. Looks like I'm about 25 or so minutes in. So I, uh, yeah, like I said at the beginning, I really um, try to stay engaged with the program as much as, as much as I can. And for me, that means going to a fair number of meetings. I go to probably four or five a week, almost exclusively on Zoom. Um, and uh, I try to be of service. And, you know, it's not like every single day, um, you know, I roll out of bed and go, okay, I can't wait till the meeting tonight. Plenty of times I'm like, ugh, I don't want to go to this meeting. I just want to, like, lie around. And I've never... I've never been to a meeting where afterwards I was uh, disappointed or that regretful that I went. It's, it's only ever it's only ever helpful because um, I really need it. I really need the fellowship. I really need um, the support of others. I really need um, you know I need I need uh, uh, the program in my life. In my life. I need the daily spiritual reprieve and. I often think that, uh, uh, you know, I can get down on myself uh, for, for all these kinds of areas uh, that I feel like I'm lacking in the program. I, um, uh, uh, so, you know, I, I don't pray as much as I, I think would probably be good. I don't, uh, I don't do as much reading as I think would probably be good. Um, all, all these things. I can come up with a million, a million ways that I'm not actually utilizing the tools to their full potential. Uh, but at the end of the day, I know they're there, and I use them. <laughs> and I used to not. Uh, you know, I used to not know they were there, and I used to not use them, and I used to be miserable all the time. 
and uh, it 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 really just feels um, I guess night and day to where I was. Um, and yeah, let's see. I'm kind of I guess running out of steam. I'm wondering. Let's see. Is there anything else I wanted to touch on real quick? I do want to just say again, I'm really grateful to be here. Um, this has been an interesting uh, experience, just sort of talking to my phone into the, uh, uh, um, I guess, into the void, one could say. But uh, I, I really hope that somebody listening has uh, gotten something out of my share. And, you know, if not, uh, maybe, oh, well, <laughs> it helped me. And um, I'm going to keep coming back. I'm going to keep working my steps. I'm going to keep um, taking it one day at a time. Here's the thing. As as um, at the end of the day, the bottom line is um, I've been sober for over two years now, and there was a time where I didn't think I could be sober for more than an hour. Um, so something must be happening, and um, maybe I'll just end with yeah, mentioning that you know I I used to obsess all the time about how much I needed to smoke weed, and now. I'm able to uh, have thoughts enter and leave me without obsessing. And like that it, it is so huge for me. And, um, you know, all I really ever, <laughs> all I ever really want, all I ever really wanted. Um, so I'm going to yeah, keep staying in the program. And again, really, really grateful to be here. And um, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Thanks for letting me share.